It is Locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona. Glad to have you aboard with us here on the Locked on LSU podcast brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. So, a lot we'll get to here on today's episode in a bit. Your Q&A also You'll hear from a former LSU third baseman, Chris Reed. Uh, his story was told a lot as far as the shell of the story, but had a chance to talk to him, and he gave the meat of much of it, and it was uh, fascinating. So you'll hear from Chris Reed in a little bit as well. But let's start with some comings and goings around LSU baseball and LSU football. So it's been reported that both a pitcher, Will Rapole, and catcher Brock Mathis are leaving the LSU baseball program. They have entered the transfer portal. Just uh, something to keep in mind, this is symptomatic of the 35-man roster limit. So because you can only have 35, coaches have to do this sort of, you know, this this dance every year to balance what prospects are, what current players are leaving, either graduation or the draft, what uh, signees are actually going to show up on campus and which are going to sign professionally. And you got to make it all work in the 35-man roster, and you got to balance 11.7 scholarships. And, of course, for those on scholarship, they have to have at least 25% of a scholarship. So it's an unenviable task. So there's always going to be guys that are, are casualties. A year ago, Chris Reed was one of those, but ultimately – it worked out to where they had a roster spot after fall, and Reed was welcomed back. But just if you're counting, uh, Josh Smith, very likely to sign. Antoine Duplantis, uh, senior. Zach Watson, likely to sign. Uh, Chris Reed, senior. Brant Broussard, senior. Uh, now Brock Mathis is transferring. Clay Moffitt, senior. That's seven right there. Uh, then with the pitcher, Zach Hess, likely to sign. That's eight. Um you look at um, Todd Peterson likely to sign. That's nine. Uh, Will Rapole has now announced his transfer. That's 10. So right there, that's 10 roster spots that are going to be open for next year's signing class. Um, so you know, Palmineri is trying to make these, these numbers work to make sure that they get to the 35-man roster limit. When you talk specifically about the two guys that have announced they're entering the transfer portal – Will Rapole made 10 appearances this year through only 16 innings. His ERA was 6.48. He's a guy that has some potential, but it's one of those things where, you know, if you're Palmineri and you're Alan Dunn and you're looking at your pitching staff for next year, what really would Will Rapole's role be? And considering the fact that Henry, Marceau, Hill, Walker are all back as starters, and then on top of that, Matthew Beck is back as a senior. Devin Fontenot's back as a junior. Trent Vetmeyer's back as a junior. Mikhail Hilliard's back. That's four guys at least ahead of Rapole in the bullpen. And then you could still look at Aaron George and Chase Costello, who both pitched a good bit. So that would be six. And then the guys you're bringing in, you can kind of see Will Rapole would just get knocked down the ledger a little bit. And so he wouldn't really have a spot. As for... Uh, Brock Mathis, this just kind of makes a lot of sense, right? Brock Mathis played a ton this year. Uh, He played in 48 games with 40 starts. LSU played 66 games. Brock Mathis started 40 of the 66. 
and he batted 164. Uh, the bat just didn't come, and as we know, that behind the plate, it just was a, a hodgepodge throughout the season. Uh, LSU struggled to throw out runners, and Mathis was not a great defensive option. So when you look at the fact that you got a couple of catchers in this signing class coming in, and the fact that Saul Garza is returning and displaced Mathis, there's really not a spot on the roster for him either. So Palmineri told uh, Tiger Rag that he wishes him well, that they're great kids and you know, great young men and wishes them well in whatever they do in life. Um, but it just it makes sense that you had uh, these two spots come available on the roster. So in all right now, it appears as though Palmineri is going to have 10 uh, open roster spots as of now to fill for this year's signing class. And we'll see uh, what else maybe happens between now and the deadline for uh, for players to sign. On the football side of things, a couple of players announced their uh, transfer as well, or one player announced his transfer. That's uh, former walk-on quarterback Andre Sale. And if you remember, Sale was a guy who came in uh, from Tennessee Tech. His parents were um, were LSU alums, and he wanted to have a chance to come walk on at LSU and and uh, play in, in a Power Five. So uh, he sat essentially on the bench this year with LSU and now is going to have an opportunity to go play somewhere else as he continues his college career. The other thing maybe of, of greater import is that also on Tuesday, a four-star offensive lineman out of Texas, Cortland Ford, who had been an LSU commit, announced he was decommitting from LSU. Uh, ear to ground, word on the street is that Ford had camped at LSU uh, this past week and that uh, coming out of that camp, it's when both sides sort of agreed, hey, maybe maybe it's time to reassess and look for another option for Cortland Ford. So that can mean a couple of things. And understanding this guy is the number 73 offensive tackle in the country. Um, he is a, you know, a four-star, the number 116 prospect in the state of Texas. A big kid, but had battled some injuries so far in high school. Uh, LSU needs linemen. They've got four. Four, before Ford's decommitment, they had four linemen committed, two offensive and two on the interior of the defensive line. It's no secret LSU has done a remarkable job recruiting corners and safeties and receivers, it's skill guys. Where they've struggled and where they've lagged behind schools like Alabama and Georgia is on the interior and on the line of scrimmage, and that's what LSU's got to bolster. So now you've only got one offensive lineman and two interior linemen committed for 2020, and you've got seven spots available. I don't think there's any secret. You've got some really big prospects in the state of Louisiana for 2020, and that's where Ed Ogeron, James Craig, and Dennis Johnson have got to focus their recruiting efforts between now and the December signing period to make sure they fortify the line of scrimmage. And maybe this was a mutual parting of the ways between LSU and Cortland Ford, and it opens up an opportunity to bring in another kid who might be more poised to, to play play up sooner at LSU. But I don't think there's any question that as they continue putting together this 2020 signing class, the line of scrimmage has got to be a, a major focus. All right, it's Locked on LSU, your team every day. Let's knock out a quick break. We'll come back. A former LSU third baseman, Chris Reed. Fascinating story. We know he was cut from the LSU team, welcomed back, and received a hero's welcome and contributed in his senior year. What about some of the nuts and bolts, the real meat of that story? Chris Reed shared it, and you'll hear it next. Locked on LSU, your team every day. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We continue Locked On LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona. LSU baseball season has come to an end. One of the most fascinating stories this year was Chris Reed, who was cut from the team and then welcomed back, had the chance on Tuesday to spend about half an hour with Chris Reed. And I want to let you hear some of that, including Chris telling the story of meeting with Coach Palmineri, learning that he was cut from the baseball team, and what happened thereafter. You know, we had gotten back from Oregon State uh, in the regional, and, um, you know, we have, we have our typical exit meetings, and, uh, you know, I had gotten called in for my slotted time. And, you know, I went in and, and you know, you're anticipating the normal, like, you know, overview of how your year went. And then, you know, where are you going for summer ball and whatnot? And, you know, how you're going to approach the rest of the, um, you know, the next year or whatnot. And, you know, whenever I went in, you know, we sat down, we started talking. And, you know, he had kind of just given me the rundown of, you know, the roster spots and, you know, his outlook for me as a part of the program. And, you know, going, obviously, you know, there wasn't a spot for me in the program for the, for this year, um, as what was, you know, told to me. But, um, so, you know, he tells me that and I automatically just started crying because, you know, you, you put everything into it for three years and you grow up, you know, when you're a little kid, you know, you want to, you want to play for the LSU Tigers and you know once you get there it's all fine and dandy but you gotta you know you gotta keep working and and keep doing what you gotta do and so that was kind of a you know slap in the face I guess you could say whenever that had happened and it really hurt me but um you know so you know I got done with it and I actually didn't tell my parents or really anybody besides my girlfriend because she was I had to go see her right after the meeting and so we were actually driving to her parents' house, and then somebody hit us head on in a uh, on their on a what was it airline at at a airline at Highland hit us head on. So then totaled her car. So oh. then I was just thinking like, man, this is about the best day, you know, like this is probably the best day ever, right? Uh, granted, it was my birthday that day as well. So happy birthday to me as well you know and um are you so serious it was, it was, like that's no joke it was your birthday no, you get no cut joke. and you get hit head on and your girlfriend's car is totaled yep it, did your dog die that day too my, my, no luckily did I you come down with chicken pox <clears throat> no luckily not uh you know it could have been it, like like I, I always look at it, it could have been a lot worse you know you know it could have you know the car wreck could have been a lot worse but um, after the car wreck, you know, my girlfriend's parents had to come. My parents came, and that's kind of when I told my parents. And, uh, you know, they weren't happy and, and whatnot. But, you know, we fought through it. You know, that the sun came up the next morning, and, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of had to adjust my lifestyle. And that's when I started doing uh, lessons and coaching over at Traction. You know, they gave me a great opportunity to be, over, be able to over there and join their crew. 
and um yeah and then you know the rest was history were you angry was i angry uh yeah i would say i would say i was i was angry for a little bit i mean to a degree because i knew i understood what had happened and why um although maybe some things were a little bit uh you know maybe i didn't agree with some things but um at the same time you know he's your coach he's a you know he's a older person he's he's done this for you know countless years so you know i i kind of you know i kind of knew what was going on and kind of just had to respect his decision and and move on with my life this is just a part of our conversation with chris reed from after further review on tuesday i i want to pick up letting you hear what it was like coming back to the standing ovations but as i mentioned we spent about half an hour with Chris Reed. You can listen to the entire interview at 1045ESPN.com. Click On Demand after further review, and you'll see the Chris Reed interview there. Uh, or however you're listening to this podcast, just search 1045ESPN.com, and you'll see the Chris Reed interview right there. Uh, the Locked on LSU podcast is brought to you by Twillery. Uh, search twillery.com slash locked on. Use the promo code Locked On and get $25 off. And through Father's Day, limited time Father's Day special, you will get a free set of bottle opener collar stays just for using the promo code Locked On at twillery.com slash locked on. It is untuckable. Uh, it is safe cotton. These are performance shirts. It's beautiful packaging. These are dress shirts that breathe. And don't sweat. It's sized like a dress shirt. So you're done with the small, medium, large, extra large. Save that for the big gulps. Most performance shirts are all polyester. They feel like plastic. At Twillery, there's are cotton with an incredible hand feel. No annoying scratchy tags. They're wrinkle-free, and they are affordable. Right now, you can get these non-iron, untuckable performance dress shirts for as low as $55 each when you bundle four or more with free shipping and returns, try on some twills risk-free. After all, feeling is believing. Twillery.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on for $25. So as we mentioned, visiting with former LSU third baseman Chris Reed, he was invited back to the LSU baseball team. Antoine Duplantis is actually the one that made the call. Here's Reed talking about what it was like rejoining the program he grew up rooting for. Yeah, I, mean, I was uh, coaching my first uh, scrimmage with my 10-year-old team, and I think we were in the fourth inning, and we were in between innings, and I get a phone call from Antoine. And, I mean, I had kept in touch with the guys, but at that time, you know, they were, you know, at that at that time, I think it was like maybe 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock, I was, you know, I expect them to be in practice or whatnot or doing something baseball-related. And uh, so I'm like, all right, well, maybe it's pretty important. So I picked it up, and uh, he just he had called to tell me. He's like, hey, you know, coach had brought in, you know, player X, X, and X, and asked us what they thought about bringing you back on board, and he wanted me to reach out to you to kind of gauge your interest. Um, and I honestly didn't even know what to say. Like, whenever he said that, I kind of was just taken back by it. And uh, I was like, man, I was like, I was like, honestly, I don't know, like, you know, I have obligations. I got teams, I got lessons that I'm given, you know, I got people that have already paid money to do all this. Like, and I was, I was already signed off for my contract to coach and just everything was, 
kind of everywhere. And so whenever I, I told him, like, you know, I'd talk it over. And he's like, yeah, he's like, coach just wants you to call him when, you know, tonight. Well, I get done with my lesson and I like texting my parents. I mean, my uh, scrimmage, I text my family and like, y'all won't believe what just happened. And they're like, what, what, what? And I'm like, uh, they want me back on the team. My mom's like, what team? And my, <laughs> yeah, and my and I'm like LSU, and she goes, "You gotta be kidding me!" And I said, "No, like it's real." And so she, you know, she starts blowing my phone up, and you know, everybody's it was our family group message, and uh, you know, I get done with the the scrimmage, and I had lessons that night. Well, then I'd gotten done with the scrimmage a little late, so my lessons got pushed back, so I didn't finish the lessons till like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. And I spoke, and the coach had texted me and was like, hey, like, call me when you can. So I told him, yeah, I'll call you at 9.30 whenever I get off. Well, then the lessons, like I said, got pushed back till about 10. So we kept on talking. And finally I was able to call him at 10. And we kind of, you know, talked. And he's like, look, he's like, I understand. You know, he's like, I understand I made a mistake. He's like, I've been talking to the coaches and, you know, I've talked to some of the players and, gauge their interest of you coming back and he's like look i've been he's like i've been wanting you to be back on the team for you know a few you know months now but he's like i just want to gauge your interest like is that a thing that you could see yourself doing and i said honestly you know with everything going on in my life that moment you know i had to sit down i was like i would like to you know sit down and talk to my parents and kind of sleep on it and he's like oh no i completely understand He's like, I know it's a lot. Like you've already, you know, you you moved on through your athletic phase career, and and now you're, you know, into your professional life. And he's like, so I completely understand. So he let me sleep on it, and you know, I went home and talked to my parents, and I kind of told my parents what the the gist of it was and what I was thinking. And um, you know, there at one point there was a little part of me that was thinking, you know, maybe, you know, not to do it because you know I liked that my body wasn't hurting every morning you know, or ever, you know, injuries and stuff like that. And, uh, but ultimately whenever I slept on it and, you know, I woke up the next morning, uh, you know, I, I contacted coach back and I told him, you know, I was ready to roll and, and, uh, you know, he's excited. He's about as excited as I've ever seen him. So. <laughs> what did the fan support mean to you this year? Oh, it, it meant, it meant a lot. Um, just from the games, um, just around town after games, anywhere really. Um, Heck, even on away games, you know, we would uh, people from other teams would come up to me, and you know, other fans would, um, you know, they would even congratulate me, and even the players as well. But you know, the fans, it meant a lot to me just because of my whole journey and everything, and how rough it was, and you know, be able to be back. And I mean, heck, I think for the first week or two that I kind of got or of at bats at least, you know, I kept on getting standing ovations or like really loud crowds uh, of really loud cheers and stuff and I remember going back into the dugout after about my like 10th at bat and coach goes are these are these people ever gonna are these people ever gonna let you go up there in silence and I was like I was like I don't know he goes and I saw you milking that I saw you milking that. <laughs> were you milking it uh, uh yeah my first one I did a little bit I did a little bit you know you gotta you gotta you gotta play and you know if they give you the stage you gotta kind of play play along with it sure. but um but uh yeah, so it was kind of that was kind of a little cool moment between me and him with the whole situation, and uh, you know, whenever I got back, you know, like I said, all the support. It wasn't just the fans, you know, it was my teammates, 
the coaches as well. Um, you know, and then the support of my family and, uh, you know, everybody and my friends have given me, you know, it all, it all meant a lot. And, uh, you know, I can't even tell you how many texts, how many messages on social media and just how many phone calls that I've gotten. Um, like I haven't even been able to get, it's been two days, three days. I haven't even been able to get back to everybody yet. So, um, yeah, it means a lot. Reed said uh, he is done playing baseball. Uh, he will continue coaching at Traction and giving private lessons as well. Uh, he talked about his favorite moments from the season, including hitting his first home run as an LSU Tiger and the money that his grandmother gave him for hitting the home run. A really charming, interesting story. I'd encourage you to go listen to the entire interview at 1045ESPN.com. Okay, it's Locked on LSU, your team every day. Knock out our break, come back and wrap up with some Q&A. Stick around. Glad to have you here. Locked on LSU, your team every day. Wrapping up here, another edition of the Locked on LSU podcast, your team every day. Remember, you can always listen to us on the free Himalaya podcast app, podcasting all about customization. There are thousands upon thousands of podcasts you may want to hear and they're all available on the Himalaya Podcast app, and it is free, and you can customize your podcast experience with the new Himalaya Podcast app. So download it in your iTunes or Google Play Store, and be sure to subscribe to the Locked On LSU Podcast. Okay, let's wrap up with your Q&A uh, via Facebook. You can always follow my Facebook page, at Matt Muscona AFR. Uh, we'll go live in the mornings and get your questions in there. Here's one from Kirk. Can Caleb Gilbert get a medical redshirt, or is he done? So. Uh, Caleb Gilbert, senior from Hoover, uh, he's going to be done with baseball. So Gilbert um, developed a case of the yips, uh, had to relearn how to throw a baseball after his Tommy John surgery. It didn't go well for him, which is why he didn't pitch this year. He got to suit up for the Tigers, but obviously did not pitch this season. So uh, Caleb Gilbert uh, will be done with baseball, so his roster spot will be open as well. Uh, Brian Wynn asks, Matt, do you expect any staff changes uh, for the baseball team next year? The limit on the number of coaches hurts. It, it does, Brian, and this is one of the problems with the third paid assistant being denied. A lot of LSU fans wanted a hitting coach, a new hitting coach. The problem is you know, Sean Ochinko is a volunteer assistant coach. Uh, Nolan Kane, I don't know how many LSU fans know this, but Nolan is roundly and highly thought of and respected in coaching circles for his recruiting ability. And then Alan Dunn's your pitching coach. You're going to have a pitching coach. So either you replace Alan Dunn with a pitching coach who's a dynamic recruiter, or you replace Nolan with a hitting coach that's a dynamic recruiter and find a new uh, volunteer assistant. I don't think any of those are easily done. So could there be staff changes? Sure. I think you evaluate everything, but I think it's very narrow-minded uh, to think you're just going to cast aside Nolan Kane because he's the guy that's out there recruiting these top-flight classes for you. And if you're going to go to part with him, you, ha you have to find someone like an Andy Canizero, who's a dynamic recruiter that can also be a really good hitting coach for your for your program. Chris says, now that baseball is over, let's talk football. Only 80 days to go. Uh, do you think we see a new and improved LSU offense or we'll see the same old offense we've seen for the last 10 years? I don't think there's any doubt that LSU is going to get out there and look different from jump. I mean, you bring in Joe Brady, it was evident just looking at the spring game. I mean, they did not run a single play from under center in the spring game. 
it's going to look differently. My question is, when the inevitable happens and you meet some adversity, because it's going to happen, growing pains, new offense, uh, you know, new schemes, good teams on your schedule, when you meet some adversity, does Ed Ogeron revert to what he knows well, which is power running game, or does he stick with it and work through that adversity? I think that's the, the big question, and that's what we'll only see when that inevitable happens. If you look at history, then you kind of know what it is, right? I mean, we saw it with Matt Canada a couple of years ago. It didn't go well early, and so they stopped all the motion and shifting and wanted to go to a power-type offense. And we'll see if Ed Ogeron allows Ensminger and Joe Brady to run the style of offense they've been working on. Okay, that's going to do it for us here on a hump day edition of the Locked on LSU podcast. We appreciate you for being here, and as always, certainly appreciate you sharing this, subscribing to the, pro the podcast, and passing it along. Until tomorrow, it is Locked on LSU, your team every day.